Hi guys, I'm Wilson Nishaw. Happy to be on uh, the Republic podcast um, with Sharon and Louise. Uh, miss you all. I hope you're all well and the weather's holding out. I know you're all missing me. Hello everyone and welcome to the State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis and today I am joined by our podcast mom, Sharon. How are you doing, Sharon? Oh, I'm doing really good, especially knowing who we're going to be interviewing today. I'm exceptionally happy. Um, it's a great Sunday for this and a beautiful weather in Sacramento. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You said the right word there. <laughs> weather too. Yeah, you must be happy that we're doing it on this day. Um, and I'm really excited as well, too. I haven't had the chance to uh, speak to Wilson in, in length. I think it's only been uh, some of the meet the team events. And of course, after... Uh, some of the games too. He, he was always the one who, who would always, you know, go stop by, say hi to the fans and whatnot. And so, uh, definitely a, a big fan favorite because he was always uh, out there, you know, reaching out to fans. And uh, as I said previously in the previous podcast with Elliot Horde and with Bijev, like these are guys that you know we we know really well because they, they've always uh, been willing to talk to fans, and uh, that's something we really appreciate and look forward to having more players like that in in the upcoming seasons as well. So I really like what we've done and, you know, with the alumni series. Um, I, I think this is fabulous to kind of check in with players who, you know, we've had many years with the Sacramento Republic and we've loved on so many guys that have come and gone and even uh, some of the staff that have come and gone. So this is really super special to bring back Wilson Nishaw um, anyhow. So thank you, Luis. I'm glad we're doing this. So Sharon, I'll let you introduce our guest tonight. So excellent. Thank you, Luis. Joining us is a Republic fan favorite. We had the chance to see him with the team from 2016 through 18, where he made 54 appearances and scored 10 goals. Welcome to the multi-talented, well, he's a football player, singer, dancer, Wilson Nishaw, our eternal fan favorite, known as the Arden Archer. Thank you for being on State of the Republic, Wilson. How are you doing? Is your Achilles all sorted out? And how are you staying fit? Um, yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show, by the way. Obviously, missing all you guys in Sacramento. And I hope the weather's a bit better there than it is here. Don't worry, it'll be coming up later. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, the Achilles is fine. All recovered now. Um, wasn't really expecting it to happen, but this kind of stuff happens, I suppose, in football and life. Uh, Been a long, long year and a bit out. But yeah, getting back to fitness. So yeah. Coping well, coping well. That's good. Glad to hear that. And uh, yeah, no, the weather's uh, doing pretty good. But, you know, uh, us Californians, we complain when once it starts hitting the 60s, we're like, oh, it's too cold. But, you know, yeah, we need to go somewhere that we're, <laughs> where it's cold. Cooler, to be uh, honest, Californians, you need something to complain about because there's nothing else to complain about if it's not the weather. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 pretty accurate. At least here in the Central Valley, I know that that, that yeah, a lot. We, we complain from for any weather, any weather, any anything. <laughs> so Wilson, I thought we would start with our our favorite question that we like to ask every guest. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about how you got into you know our favorite sport of football, uh, given your background with uh, Middlesbrough growing up? Um, yeah, I mean, I started playing when I was. So funny story. I started when I was four years old. Uh, my dad coached a team, but he coached an under sevens team. And I, I wouldn't kick a ball. I wouldn't start playing until I was four. And I always said to my dad, I'm not playing. I'm not kicking football until I'm four years old. Because I don't know why. I just must have 
wanted to start at four years old. Um, yeah, and then got picked up by Middlesbrough at 12. Uh, stayed there until 20 and then bounced around a few countries, been to Romania, Sweden, England, a few other places, Serbia and places like that. And then, yes, ended up in Sacramento in 2016, I think it was. Yeah. So, so I have a question for you. How far away was Middlesbrough from home? I mean, and that how... So this is going to be one of those questions because you didn't go through the collegiate system here in the U.S. So we we're curious what you thought of how that experience that you had compared with what you know about club and college soccer in the U.S. for um, preparing players for, a, you know, a pro contract for pro soccer. Tell us about that. Um, it's the, the one big difference for me, I would say, is America's a lot fitness related. I see. I mean, I've obviously I roomed with um like Hayden, Raff, who all came through the collegiate system. I've obviously, I used to, on the road, I was roomy with uh, Justin Schmidt, who was like big collegiate um, university kind of guy. And he said that it was all just fitness pretty much. And I'm like, in England, in Europe, it's not that much fitness. It's more ball, it's more tactics, more so than actually running around everywhere. Um, so I'd say that would be the biggest difference between European and American football that I saw and obviously spoke to the the guys over there about. But um, apart from that, yeah, there's not much difference. I mean, Middlesbrough wasn't too far away from my house when I was when I was growing up. I think we were about 20, 25 minutes drive away. So not too far. But yeah, that that would be the biggest difference, I would say, in um, in growing up and learning the ways of football between Europe and, and America. That's it's interesting that, you know, the, there's a couple of differences. I hope that eventually here they start to also adapt their game to the European. <laughs> I think it'll make our, our national team that, that much stronger and actually able to qualify for World Cups and not miss one because last <laughs> one was painful. <laughs> um, I'm so, English. I know how you feel. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know that. Feel. <laughs> uh, so, hey, but come on. You guys really went a lot farther this last <laughs> this last go yeah. around and your women are stellar. So, you know, yeah, between true. between the women and the men nowadays, you know, you guys are coming along. It's not just Wayne Rooney blasting through everybody. Kind of thing. <laughs> Sorry. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so uh, I'm curious, uh, Wilson, you being, being that, you know, you were across the pond. Uh, how did you find out about the Republic? You tell us more about how that opportunity came about. Um, well, to be honest, I was playing, um, I just came back from Sweden and it was, it was kind of like mid season and I just wanted to play football to end the season over here in England. So I joined like quite a lower league team. I think I was at Gateshead at the time, um, just until the end of the season. And my agent actually just called me up and said, oh, there's an opportunity in California. And I was like, where's California? Hold on. Isn't that really nice? So I was like, yeah, I'll go over to California. Um, I came over for a week. That was when Paul Buckle was coach. Um, I, I had, it was proposed a two week trial that I had. Um, I was there for five days and yeah, Paul just said, look, go home, get everything sorted, get your visa sorted, pack your bags and you're coming back out here. We need you as soon as possible. And then it took a month and a half, two months to get my visa, which was the problem. So I would have been in California a lot sooner had, you know, the embassy in England been able to push everything through. But yeah, that's pretty much how, how I figured out. Obviously, once I got told it was sacked and it was the Republic, I did all of the background checks, the CRBs and things. But yeah, that's that's literally how I found out about it. 
Oh yeah, that that visa situation. I've I've heard it so much with other players, mm. right? With other teams. I know my favorite team at Cruz Azul in Mexico has it's gone through that way too many times, and I'm always like, <laughs> why can't they just accelerate the visas? These people don't understand how important it is for us to get our players yeah. that we want on the pitch as soon as possible. But <laughs> hopefully, they get that fixed soon. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's it was a long process. It's just it, it was hard enough to keep fit during that time. That was the hardest thing because knowing that you should be over there playing, training every day, but instead you're freezing cold in England having to go out on runs, you know, <laughs> got to weigh up the pros and cons. <laughs> and you know, what's interesting is that was before Zoom and all these online formats mm-hmm. were popular. And had that been popular, imagine Luke Rayfield getting his hands on you during oh. that waiting period. Oh my goodness. Cause that's how he's keeping that's during this whole COVID. That's how they kept the team fit was a lot of it was through, you know, Zoom, you know, effort, mm-hmm. uh, Zoom sessions and things like that. Cause yeah. Um, you With a coach like Paul Buckle, and I'm going to deviate from our script, with a coach like Paul Buckle, did it make it a little bit easier to get picked up from England or seen? Do you, do you think his connections or Graham Smith's connections, because I think Graham was still around then, do you think that those connections made it easier to bring, you know, the across the pond, the guys from England and, and Europe over? Do you think that was helpful? Yeah, um, well, my agent knew Graham Smith, so that's where that connection was. It was a direct link, and um, they they had been talking. I mean, my agent had known him for quite a few years, you know. So, um, yeah, that was where that direct link was. And obviously, having an English coach, obviously settling down in California, I obviously had like Trick and Harry when I was there, you know, and um, who was it? Derek, Derek was there as well. So. Um, yeah, it made it, it made it a little the transition a little bit easier rather than just diving into all the American culture and everything like that. I kind of transitioned, and they told me a little bit about the place. So yeah, it was it, it did make it easier coming over. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting because I think our first one was Harry, and I remember getting his feet wet, and then I think he turned around and helped you and Tre- uh, Trick and yeah. Degsy um, yeah. kind of get sorted out because this was his first uh, opportunity. To, I think a play pro. And this was not your first opportunity to play pro. So you had some experience under the belt of playing at different clubs in different areas. So, so question for you and spend some time on this one. So the, you know, the differences in pro football here um, versus in England, you know, like the, the numbers of physios, the trainers, the nutrition, the facilities, tell us what you noticed a difference. I mean, like positive, negative, better, worse, um, you know, everything down to the weather. <laughs> well, um, biggest difference for me would, I would say, would be obviously being at Middlesbrough, That's that was pretty much the best academy growing up. You know, everyone wanted to be at Middlesbrough. Um, you know, they had a track record of bringing players through to the first team. It was, it was proven what they were doing, like the method they were going. Um, and the biggest thing for me there was they had, I think we had, seven physios we had five sports scientists we had three first team coaches plus a manager we had it was three coaches per team so the reserve team had three coaches the second the under 18s had three coaches every team to under nines had two coaches so from under 16s to under nines had two coaches um all the facilities were there so you had gym on site pool on site um, 
I think we had 25 training pitches. So it was, yeah, it like there's a lot of things in one place. Um, and that was the place to be. I mean, Middlesbrough was the first of its kind, really. And then all the bigger clubs kind of copied Middlesbrough's model. So obviously the Chelsea's, the Arsenal's, the Man United, they all went, right, you know what? They've done that. We need to better it. And they went more and more and more. And then obviously money takes over in that point. But um, that was the biggest thing for me was having everything on site and not having to travel around places. You know, you're not, you can go to the physio and not like have to wait half an hour before you can get your ankles strapped. You know, it just, it relaxes the mind a little bit, takes a little bit of pressure off the players. Um, different when I went to Romania was complete opposite. So Romania, we had one physio, one coach. Like we we did have a gym, but it was like a porter cabin gym on site. We had two training pitches, which were muddy, but like I, I I liked it because it was a change. Does that make sense? Like it was a complete opposite. So I learned a lot about myself at 19, 20 years old. When I moved away to Romania, you know, there was bullet holes in the wall of my of my um, apartment block, like outside, because that's just, that's the life that they lived over there. So it was the complete opposite, but I learned a lot out there. I learned a lot about myself. Um, so yeah, I would say the, like that is a, it's a massive difference. And the players over there, obviously the money plays a big issue. You know, they're a lot more relaxed in that sense because they are getting paid a lot more, um, but they have to perform on the pitch. They have to. You know, in in California, you know, you can you can lose a game, lose two games, and you know, things like the fans will stick. The fans will stick. Over in England, it doesn't happen. You lose two games, and next the next week you've lost fifteen thousand fans. It's crazy. Like they're so cutthroat. But um, yeah, I would say that's that is the biggest. I'd say it's a big difference. Big difference. It's a little like that in Mexico too. If if one team starts losing, like yeah, you start seeing less fans. Uh, in the stand yeah. too but uh, and then i would probably also say the press as well right like mm -hmm. in the u.s it's really relaxed they're not going to say anything if you've <laughs> never won a game <laughs> um so it's yeah it's, it's like that too I, i hope it changes i feel like it's it's kind of cool as a fan to to hear the press and and all that but yes. um so during the years that you're with the republic what was the one thing that you liked the best about you know being being around here the best are we talking football or city um let's let's do both actually football and then oh, uh, city as well i shouldn't have even said that because now i've just put pressure on myself <laughs> um <laughs> the best thing i love honestly i just loved stepping out on the pitch i'm not gonna lie like literally game days was just my vibe like the music before the game sharon will have told you if you'll have seen this like literally just i was i'd dance before the games i'd dance during the games i'd dance after the games like just seeing the fans vibing you know talking to the fans and just feeling like the energy that you would get from everyone over there like they're just so ingrained in the club it's amazing like I, I don't, I obviously I haven't been there for a few years. I, I don't know what it's like. And obviously with COVID being playing a big part, it must be a di different atmosphere in the stadiums at the moment. But yeah, while I was there and, you know, the drums banging the whole game and, oh, it was just unreal. It's unbelievable. I loved every second of playing on that pitch. I really did. You know, things don't work out in life sometimes, but I did. I loved every second of playing on that pitch. And to be fair, Second best thing about Sacramento, and I'm not being biased here, has to be Sharon. 100%, 100% has to be Sharon. She honestly looked after me from day one. 
eat like as I said bringing me cookies made me special cookies because I didn't like peanut butter she'd make peanut butter cookies for the whole team and bring me four little cookies without peanut butter I don't know how she stuck it together because peanut butter was the stuff that stuck all the oats together but she brought them and yeah literally invited me around to the house cooked me food done everything yeah looked after me it was literally a second mum. so shout outs to you Sharon honestly well, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, reaching for that, but I mean, I'll, I'll take it. Um, and, you know, honestly, Wilson, I got to know your personality so much and I knew you wore your heart on the sleeve. And I, I remember in Sacramento that there were some ups and downs for you. And I'm again, deviating a little bit. Um, you could, t- I could always tell and every, and I don't know if anybody else could read you the way I could, but I could always tell when you were disappointed, you didn't get in the starting lineup, but the minute you mm-hmm. did get the call from the bench to be on the pitch, or when you were in the starting lineup, you were that you were on, you were so present for, you know, the squad when you were on, like you just said, you love being on the pitch. And when you yeah. weren't, man, that was just like, and if you got an injury that kept you from even being mm-hmm. dressed, you know, you could just tell, uh, you know, you, your place was on the field and I, you just have to love that passion. So recognizing that about you. Well, yeah, I mean, just to add one point on that, I mean, it's, it's weird because it's our jobs. Like, obviously people see it as, oh, you're going to play football, but it's like a postman being told he's not allowed to post today. You know, you, the postman would be thinking, well, why? Like, (laughs) that was my mindset. I was like, well, you're not playing today. Why? (laughs) Obviously, I want to play. So, yeah, that's, that's my point on that one. But, yeah, there was ups and downs, but as I say, life, sometimes in life things don't, don't work out. But I'll tell you, you did make it really easy for everybody to love you. Um, you were just that perfect – you were per- the perfect, you know, uh, Sacramento son that wasn't born in Sacramento kind of a thing. You were, <laughs> you were perfect. And, <laughs> well, and speaking of, of some of the other players, I mean, and I, this is going to be so odd for me to ask you because I don't want to put you on the spot. But, you know, thinking about Emra, Hayden, you know, even mm-hmm. Tyler, who is your favorite? I mean, you oh, roomed. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Well, and you, can pick so somebody to- you can pick somebody totally off the wall. I mean, you don't even have to go there. <laughs> Who is my favorite? Jeez. I, honestly, I couldn't pick one out. I feel like, oops, mother. I feel like, especially in once after the first few months that I was there, so this this two full season that I played, I really did feel like I was just like the glue that people kind of came to, you know, especially in the dressing room. And especially in my last year, I mean, I didn't really play that much in that last season. But I used to do all the team talks, you know, people would always confide in me. I was always the joker in the dressing room. I was always talking to everyone. I was, I, I felt like the team was, were, would be, look to me and t- yeah, talk to me. So it was, it was different. I honestly couldn't pick one person out. I, I, I could literally have gone out with every single one of the team individually and been absolutely perfectly fine. I would have had a fantastic time, but yeah, I, I honestly do. You can't, you can't ask me to pick one favorite person. You can't. All right, then I'm going to ask you this: your favorite experience with Emra, and then your favorite experience okay. with Tyler, because Tyler and you were both performers. You both knew how to mm-hmm. sing and dance, and there, you both had musicality in you. So you know that goes that goes way deep for you guys. And then yeah. you know with, with Hayden, you guys were both kind of rebel cowboys in a way <laughs> when you guys were together. So give us some of your favorite experiences with, oh with gosh. yeah, with one or two players. I'm going to have to uh, 
rack the memory now. I mean, I've got one with Cam, obviously, uh, singing on live TV with Cam. That was good. All of the weathers with Wilson, with Emra was fun, like unbelievable. I've got to love that. I mean, I got most of the team involved in that, to be fair. But um, yeah, all of them with Emra. Emra was especially funny, especially with Mitch doing the push-ups in the background. I've got to love that. Um, Hayden was a lot more chilled, to be fair. Hayden was like kind of, you know, football, home, eat, play a little PlayStation, football, home, eat, play a little PlayStation. Um, but no, he was he was unreal as a roomie, you know, obviously hit, like rooming with Hayden and Raph that second year. Um, Jeremy, dark horse, got a few memories with Jeremy, a little dark horse. Um, but now nah, I had some, I had some great times. I mean, to recall them off the top of my head would be, I'd have to rack through my phone and go through photos. I've still got that shared basketball photo, uh, basketball reel from you, Sharon, on my phone. Wait, okay. <laughs> the illegal basketball, because yeah. you, were in, you were in season and you guys yeah, were exactly. playing basketball on the asphalt. <laughs> but to be fair, I couldn't dribble, so it didn't count. <laughs> it doesn't matter there you go there you go <laughs> that was that was those were those were good times and josh if i remember right josh was always a straight man josh kind of you know he didn't like he wasn't a partier but mm. whenever he was with anybody of you guys i i think he was kind of like the straight man yeah definitely definitely yeah good good memories good things so, so speaking of memories too, I, I want to bring back everyone to all the times you scored a goal and that celebration. That I've heard the story up before, but for everyone who hasn't heard it, can you tell us more about how the uh, Archer celebration uh, came about? Okay, so I was playing FIFA one night after training, and I was a bit bored. I was just like, right, what am I going to do? So I created a player and obviously put your name in, make him look like you, do all this stuff. And then it was like, choose a celebration. So I literally scrolled through 150 odd celebrations that they have on FIFA and I saw it and I was like, hmm, that's quite cool. So I started playing a few games of FIFA and obviously I started scoring in FIFA and I was doing it all the time. So I was like, oh, that's quite cool. Yeah, it's like, wow, like, unreal. So I was like, okay, ended up scoring against, um, who was it, LA Galaxy 2, I think on the weekend. And I didn't have a clue what to do. So I just, I think it must have just been ingrained in the subconscious. I tried to do a knee slide, got stuck in the mud a little bit, so I just stood up and I just pulled it. And then, yeah, everyone started calling me the Arden Archer and it just rolled with that one. So yeah, that was, that's the story behind it. That, that's that's awesome too. Yeah, every time I, I play any copy of FIFA, first thing is create a player because uh, that's as close I'll get to any professional game. But uh... <laughs> But yeah, it's it's always a, a fun mode. Uh, so I'm kind of curious, what, what team did you uh, put yourself in when you first started playing? I was in Arsenal. I was in Arsenal. That. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I was going to ask you if you're still Arsenal heart. Massive. And we've just lost to Tottenham today and I'm not happy about it. Well, interestingly <laughs> enough, I had to pause the game. So thanks for telling oh, me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Time difference, Sharon. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe he's just playing with you. Maybe it's just maybe it's just see if it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It, we lost. Uh, we lost on FIFA, out, Sharon. Don't worry. Yeah, we're talking FIFA like... right now, Sharon. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was just a FIFA game, you know. So. Right, because that <laughs> that sort of stuff that goes right over my head. <laughs> Get me on words with friends, guys. I got you. <laughs> we still need to do that tournament, by the way. Uh, so uh, I, I'm I'm curious. Uh, you know. Uh, 
here here in America we call it coach. Uh, some people call it manager. Uh, over across the pond you call him gaffer. What, what do you uh, prefer as a name for you know the person who is in charge of the team? Um, I just go by whatever everyone else is saying. Usually, I mean, I joined when Paul was coach, and I mean, the Americans used to take the mick. I mean, Emra was probably the biggest saying or gaffer in an English accent to him all the time. But that kind of never really stuck. So I, I used to just call him coach. Um, but yeah, it's just, it depends. Usually it depends what the managers want to be called. You, sometimes they just want to be called by name, you know. So I've had coaches that, yeah, want to be manager, want to be gaffer, want to be coach and want to be called Paul or whatever. So yeah, just just differs in that sense. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm glad I'm glad we asked that question because when here when we're watching, you know, when we're watching English Premier League or, you know, there's all the names being tossed about, you know, you can even hear players call them man, the gaffer or on the social media and that sort of stuff. So it's interesting to hear your perspective on that. So <laughs> another devi deviated question uh, or odd question for you is um, sushi, curry, <laughs> Or beans on toast. What is what's going on? What what's your what's your take? What's your fave? What we do we do one two three? Is that what we're saying? Top to bottom. It's totally your choice, or you can add a food category. Right. To be honest, I didn't. I'd never tried sushi before California. I'd never had it. So I didn't know what it, like, I knew what it was, but I wasn't kind of, I, I would never order it in a restaurant. Um, after California, now I eat it all the time. Like, if I go a week without sushi, then there's something seriously wrong. I've probably, I'm probably ill. So it's got, but beans on toast, you see. Nah, beans on toast, one. Sushi, two. Curry, three. Has to be. Has to be. That's a tough question. Oh. Yeah, we 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 don't shy away from the hard questions here. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> yeah, I know the feel with uh, sushi too. I've started to eat sushi once a week. I think ever since the pandemic hit, and I found my new favorite sushi spot here in town. And yeah, it's. Uh, I know, what is it? Uh, Wait, what is it? Sharon will know it. What? Which one is it? Well, no, he lives in Modesto. He doesn't. He doesn't do oh. Macuni. We're we're Macuni buddies. Oh, we're Macunis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would I would do Macuni though. Like I, it's. I mean, he's an awesome person, and I, I've actually been there once a while back. But uh, they they need to open a location around here too, because I'm not always in Sacramento. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, I I know how you feel about sushi. I, I don't know what it is, but sushi is just so good that you just yeah. gotta have it each week. I mean, <laughs> They've, they've definitely put something addictive in it, hundred percent. They definitely do. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, there, there's something. Yeah, but I don't want to find out because uh, I want to keep it. Yeah, just in case. Just in case. Um, so uh, we know you're you're currently in the Newcastle area. So I'm wondering what what makes Newcastle area special for you, and you know why do you really like it there? Uh, I mean, it's it's home. So you know, it's like it's where the heart is. Like the old cliche says, it's literally. I mean, the weather's terrible. The football's possibly even worse out here at the moment with Newcastle being so bad. But, you know, it is it is home. All my friends are here. My family is here. Um, so, you know, I, I would always end up venturing back here no matter where I end up in the world or living. I would always come to Newcastle. And it's just 
part of my life now, I suppose. So you're involved with this funny little club. What is it? Newcastle Independent or some weird thing where it's the yeah, goat. Yeah, yeah. And, oh my goodness. It looks like, it looks like a Sunday beer league. Tell us about that. Tell us about that. Cause you've been scoring goals for them now. Yeah. So, um, obviously after snapping my Achilles, um, I just I took time off football. I, I just got away from it. I wasn't really missing it, to be honest. I didn't I didn't really want to to try to even push myself or my body back into it. I don't know whether it was something psychological about the injury or or something like that. But um, yeah, these are just I, I know of a couple of the lads. They were really good friends from from Newcastle area, and they're just like, look, come down and train if you want to let you know get involved. Um, and yeah, it's like I, I ended up going to training and it was it was kind of like SAC where I didn't know most of the people. But as soon as I got there, it was just like an embrace. And once once you feel that energy, you, you don't want to pull away from that energy. So, yeah, just rolled with that energy. And um, yeah, it's honestly, it's so much fun. It really is. It's so much fun. I look forward to every week. We train once a week. We play on Saturdays. Um, and they've got a big vision, you know. They've got a, they've got a vision to really push up leagues and get promoted and stuff. And no, it is really good fun, and it it actually made me enjoy football again, which is exactly what I kind of wanted, you know. So after having all that injury problem and everything like that, it's it's really settled my psych psychological side down and got me got me enjoying football again. And and that's awesome. You know, that's exactly what I expected to hear from you because, you know, your passion, you really do have a passion for the pitch. And, you mm-hmm. know, once you put a ball in front of a striker, I mean, it's just kind of like you got to run after that thing <laughs> and, and put it in the back of the net, which, by the way, I noticed that their nets are not necessarily secured at the base. So you may want to tell them to put a few more <laughs> pe- pegs in the bottom of their nets. But, but in the meantime, we I know, because I know you personally, I know you got involved with a family business and that is just flourishing. And that is a lot to do with the efforts that you all are putting in together. Tell us about that a little bit. I'm curious how, you know, because that has created some sort of stability for you at this point. Nice stability. Yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously, as again, it, it, all, it all pretty much the last... I'd say a year and a half, maybe two years. It, it all bases around my, obviously my injury, you know. So with, with the injury, stop playing football, lack of income, um, you know. So my, my family, which obviously we're in a good position, they, they were like, right, come on board with the family business, the marketing business. And um, yeah, we got to, I can't remember what month it was last year. I think it was like August time. Um, and my mum just said, you know what, I want a change of heart. I want to do something different. So changed the whole business model, went down a totally different route. And my dad, obviously, being an artist, which he's been doing all of his life, um, yeah, he used to just paint for fun. And then we decided, well, why not make some money from what he's doing? Um, I came up with the idea and I'm holding that. That's my 100%. I'm taking all credibility. I came up with the idea for the football shirts. And that will go with me to my grave. I don't care what anyone in my family tries to tell me that I didn't, I did. Um, and yeah, we, we decided to do the big clubs first and start selling them. And he's doing unbelievably well. So when Sack want to, you know, when you've got a few more shirts, a few more years behind your belt and you send over the shirts, my dad will get it painted. We'll get it out to America. 
And if anybody hasn't seen it yet, uh, what's the handle so that people can actually view this? Uh, you know, you might as well tell us how we can find those, because I know that he'll send that stuff overseas. The handle is www.terrynishawart.com. So Terry is T-E-R-R-Y, Nishaw is my last name. No, it's just terrynishaw.com. Jeez, what am I saying? Terrynishaw.com. Got all big clubs at the moment. We do ship to America. As I said, might be something for the GOAT maybe next, for the Republic next year. So get some shirts sorted and we might get it painted. We'll get it sent out to you. That is so cool. I'm actually, I'm actually seeing some of them right now too, and I'm like, it, it would be amazing if he did one for my uh, Cruz Soul from Mexico. That would be so, mm-hmm. so amazing. I'm, I'm probably gonna look more into that. That looks really cool. I, that would be amazing to have it on my wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we've kind of just stuck in the UK at the moment. Obviously, we're just shipping and things, but we, we have branched out recently. I think it was about a month or two ago trying to do a little bit of worldwide shipping so yeah we we can send it anywhere so yeah we're going to branch out next year nice that's cool yeah no it's, it's going to do so well I mean, <laughs> i've never seen canvas painting like that and for all of us you know big time fans of any club yeah yeah a lot of people are going to want that on their wall uh, so i wanted to ask you is there something that sacramento fans might not know about you that you'd like to share with us something that is unique that You've never said to anyone in Sacramento? To be honest, I think the fans know more about me than myself. <laughs> I, was, I literally, I think I, I still speak to like most of them. I mean, yeah, I, I was, I, as Sharon will probably say and back up, I was just open with my life, background, everything. I, I, I wasn't one to hide anything, you know. I spent time with most of them, a lot of time with them. So, yeah, there wasn't really much. I know they're all missing my karaoke singing, so can't really say anything. Oh, that's just fabulous. Um, so before we close out, and we really want to thank you a ton for um, for being on, but before we close out, hmm, is there a forecast in our future? Well, I've heard from very good sources, Sharon, that um, in California at the moment it is 65 degrees um so stay sunny sacramento so luis i just want to on on behalf of the podcast i really want to thank wilson for his his time and also for giving us a tour of his home uh sorry folks you don't get to see that but it was absolutely gorgeous he was working with the family to get it decorated actually while doing the podcast he got a chance to take a break from decorating the house but it was beautiful and you know we hope to talk with you again door is always open for all of us we'll uh we'll continue we'll continue on right Luis yeah no the, definitely and yeah thank you so much uh, Wilson for joining us here like really interesting story I, I really hope that one day you're able to you know come back to Sacramento it'd be amazing come back as a player but hey maybe his coaching staff would be amazing too like you you really do uh uh bring a, a lot of joy I think to any club and we always need more players like that right like you said you're like the glue to all the other players, so there's any issues amongst them, you kind of come along to have, uh, help them have a better day. And that's that's what we want with our squad each season, of course. Definitely, and, definitely. Go on. 
And you are, you are one of the favorite human beings. So, you know, the, like I said, the door is always open. You always have a place to land anytime you're, you're around and in town, you know, and a lot of your mates are getting engaged. So, you know, you're going to have to come over for weddings. I know. I know. I know. I can't believe it, but no, thank you very much for having me on the show. Honestly, it's, uh, it's obviously nice to see you Sharon and lovely to meet you Louise for the first time. I'll probably have met you in, in past meetings, but, um, no, thanks so much. Yeah, we're, we're all safe over here. I hope everyone in, in America and SAC's safe. And I'm looking because, as Sharon said, there are, everyone seems to be getting engaged and married at the moment. Um, I'm looking for a holiday next year, hopefully, fingers crossed, over to SAC with, you know, with all the COVID restrictions, hopefully all lifted. I'm going to try to get over to, uh, to California next year. So hopefully see you all next year. Fingers crossed. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. We need to do like a little live recording. Uh, if, if whenever you do and uh, all that too, probably at Mikunis, getting some sushi. Hundred percent. Hundred percent at Mikunis, definitely. It's <laughs> also, all coming together. You see, I like this it's, now. It's it's working now. Yeah, it'll, it'll be the yeah. the sushi we eat that week too, so we don't miss out on. <laughs> yeah. On the. Oh, this is just perfect. All right, thank you. All right, thanks, Wilson. Awesome, thank you. So th- yeah, thank you once again to Wilson Nishaw for coming on the podcast. This this was uh, amazing, Sharon. Thanks for for setting this up. Uh, it, it it was it was really cool. I, I can't wait till he comes down so we can go to Mikuni's and uh, get some sushi and maybe do a live so everyone uh, can ask questions if they have some questions to ask Wilson. But yeah, be on the lookout sometime next year when when things get better. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I think it was just fabulous that we had Wilson Nishaw right around the holidays, because if anybody could lift anyone's spirit, it's Wilson Nishaw, you know, from our alumni series. He's just such a good spirit. He's such a great soul and, you know, great heart. And I'm so, I'm so glad he did a little snippet of the weather. Keep it sunny, Sacramento. That was pretty cool. Yeah, the, that was a uh... Really cool. And this is our 10th episode too. So, hey, cool. He gets to be in that milestone uh, episode as well too. And and yeah, definitely. I think it is good that we, we get this uh, like joy, right? During this holiday season, right? With everything going on in this year. I think it's it's a good little Christmas present, or I should say early Christmas present for uh, all the listeners to, to be able to hear him and uh, hear some of these stories, which probably be hearing more stories, right? When uh, we have him back on and uh, we'll potentially have him back on with one or two other players as well. So we'll hear even more <laughs> stories from uh, their time with the Republic. I think that that's going to be something else to to hear that. And for all the listeners, I actually got to hear some stories <laughs> uh, off air, not recorded. I wish I would have hit the recording button again too, but uh, th- there's a lot of interesting uh, stories that you know they they went through and a lot of things that I think uh, as fans we never see, right? We just go to games. We, we don't know too much about what happens after the referee the referee blows the whistle and before uh, the game starts. And so I, I think it's it's really interesting to, to hear all those uh, anecdotes and, and all the stories that, that you uh, had with them, Sean. Yeah, it would be lovely, you know, and, you know, to hear more of just what you just said, you know, get some behind the scenes information, because we all like to get to know people as they are, you know, off the pitch, so to speak. And um, yeah, I look forward to having more episodes like this from our alumni and just kind of dive in a little bit behind the scenes. It's super interesting to hear about people's lives. And it kind of gives confirmation that, you know, we're all regular people. 
and you know we bring joy to each other in the best way we possibly can and that's what that's what we've been finding out yeah i i, I always enjoy talking right to, to players who, who have been with the republic and current players as well so uh, yeah re- really really cool so before we end i uh, wanted to remind you all if uh, you're not subscribed to our podcast yet then hey why aren't you subscribed yeah <laughs> if you subscribe you'll get notifications every time we post a new podcast and you'll want to be one of the first to listen to podcast episodes so that you don't get spoiled by anyone else as to the content of each episode. So if you're subscribed, you help avoid uh, any spoilers that any fellow fans and family might actually uh, tell you. So yeah, uh, yeah, one more reason to subscribe. Also, please, uh, if you could leave us a review wherever uh, you're able to leave reviews for podcasts. As I always say, one of those uh, popular platforms is Apple Podcast, which from my analysis of our stats of our listeners i know most of you tend to listen on apple podcast and that is one of the platforms that does allow you to actually leave reviews uh, if you don't want to type anything you could still leave a star review uh, we ask for five stars if possible but if you feel like we're more of a four star three star then hey we won't be mad at you just if you do leave that please uh, leave your uh, comments on on the show your review on there uh, and please, you know, let us know what you really like, what you want to see more of. Maybe there's a particular player. Maybe there is a particular story in the Central Valley, soccer related, that hasn't been really mentioned before that should be mentioned. Please let us know. We'll find someone to interview from that club, from uh, that business that really supported a team and all that. Please let us know. We're not just interviewing uh, clubs in the Central Valley, but we're also going to be interviewing uh, businesses who really support the game here uh, in the Central Valley. We we know a lot of them, especially in the in the Sacramento area. But we're not just limited to Sacramento anywhere Central Valley. If there is a business that supported a local club and you know they are big time always out there that do things for them, fundraisers, whatnot. Please let us know. We we'd uh, love to have them on. And so we're out there trying to interview really anyone that has any ties to. Uh, anything soccer related here in the valley and so please uh let us know and and we'll try our best to have him on the podcast so thank you everyone for listening to our episode uh, tonight i'll be soon giving you a preview as to what the next episode will be but if you want to see what the next episode might be please follow us on our social media you can find us at state republic 12 on twitter and instagram and if you search for state of the republic podcast on facebook you can find us on there and we also have a facebook group called sacramento soccer fans open to anyone who is a soccer fan to joining not just sacramento as i like to say Uh, so please uh, follow us on there so you get that preview of what the next episode will be so this time i won't tell you on here i'm sorry but you'll just have to follow us on on our social media to find out what the next one uh, will be or i'm not going to tell you who it is but Uh, we'll give you a hint on on who that might be so thank you everyone again for uh, listening and uh, we will catch you next time on state of the republic podcast thank you sharon for joining us tonight as well thank you luis and thank you to the fans for listening in thank you for having me appreciate it